Mark, Ryan, I will provide you verbal opinions on this podcast, but I will not provide love or kindness. Right. Music. <laughs> what is this new? This isn't new. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this every episode? podcast where we talk about every movie released by new world pictures my name's ryan with me as always is mark i don't feel good and erica you two cannot sleep in the same beds together your brothers oh wait you can't sleep in the same bed it's your sister that you can't i always get those confused yeah, i always true. get those so confused true. And joining us, welcoming back to the show, you, you've you heard her in our uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun episode. You know her, you love her. She's a co-host of the Rants and Rays podcast. Welcome back, Jessica Young, everybody. To the show. I want to sleep with Corey tonight. Corey! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh. Corey! Oh, Corey! Oh, Corey had some real oh. fucking hairy arms. He did. <laughs> he did. I was very concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's to it. Even at that age. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised wow. grandmother didn't get the scissors out for those arms. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm going to just let the pneumonia take them. Yeah. <laughs> Pneumonia's got its grip. <laughs> <laughs> If you can't guess already from our conversation and the title of this episode, we're talking about a very special movie for this episode, 1987's Flowers in the Attic. They have come to seek refuge. Secrets are kept where the future is haunted by the past, where the innocent live in the shadow of sin. Where a dark legacy awaits to destroy all who defy it. truth they have yet to face my god is the terror no one could imagine Mama? flowers in the attic victoria tenant academy award winner louise fletcher based on the best sellers that have shocked 40 million readers worldwide flowers in the attic 
I wish we had seen some slasher action. Right. <laughs> no. Oh my god, they've never made pneumonia and arsenic cookies sound so terrifying. <laughs> if you can tell, I don't know if you can tell, but it Ooh. feels like they've taken some music cues from Hellraiser for that particular yes. which opened up two months prior to Flowers in the Attic from New World Pictures. So, and we just talked about uh, in a recent episode. So it feels like they were definitely feeling themselves on some Hellraiser and decided let's let's continue that with Flowers in the Attic. God. If- Imagine you take your first date there because you're like, yeah, baby, you want to go see a scary movie? And then like midway through, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, God, I've, I've made a huge mistake. Oh, God. Not These even are- midway do you learn some very information that uh, most guys are not going to know because they didn't bother to read the book. And you're going to be like, wait, what's going on with their family? <laughs> oh. 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 oh, I misjudged this. Oh. oh, this is about, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm rooting mm-hmm. for, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Yes, uh, 1987's Flowers in the Attic. It is uh, written, or rather adapted, for the screen and directed by Jeffrey Bloom. He had directed a lot of TV movies, but also Blood Beach of course. Uh, and this would be the last theatrical movie he would make. He would go on to make a couple more TV movies, and then he would move on to continue to uh, be a writer, and now he is a photographer. Oh. So that is his mm. career now, based in Los Angeles. We're also, and of course... Owns, and owns five great clips in the greater <laughs> Los Angeles area. <laughs> God, I hope that's true. I hope that's true, too. Oh, please let that be real. I hope that's true as well. <laughs> <laughs> you got a franchise. You got a franchise. <laughs> got a franchise. Get into it. Oh my god. <laughs> he was like, the one lesson I took from Flowers in the Attic is I was like, yeah, I really want to own my own several franchise of haircut. Affordable haircuts, yes. Salon. Affordable let haircuts. His, let his tagline be with Victoria Tennant's picture. Is she still alive? You cut yes, your hair. What a sensible decision. (laughs) 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 Yes, this this movie does star Victoria Tennant, who plays Corinne, the mother. She was uh, just freshly married to Steve Martin at the time, who she uh, appeared with in 1984's All of Me. Mm -hmm. And she would go on to co-star with him in 1991's L.A. Story. Mm-hmm. Which is probably mm-hmm. the first thing I ever saw her in. Yeah. Uh, but also, we couldn't forget star of the show, Louise Fletcher, mm-hmm. who won the Oscar, obviously, for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mm-hmm. but was doing more genre fare at this point, uh, like Firestarter and Invaders from Mars. Um, mm-hmm. She was also in the New World Pictures movie, The Lady in Red, which we will get to talk about later on the mm-hmm. podcast. So we're not done with you, Louise. <laughs> this is where you can watch Flowers in the Attic. It is currently on Prime and Tubi. But we watched the Arrow Blu-ray, which I highly recommend if you're interested in adding this to your collections. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good extras on it. But before we move on into what this movie's about, Jess, I have to ask, uh, we always have our guests choose the movie. And Mm -hmm. so you chose Flowers in the Attic. Why Flowers in the Attic? Oh, wow. Well, I think Erica can definitely relate to this, but if you were a young teenage girl or even a tween and you could get Mm -hmm. your hands on a copy of Mm -hmm. Flowers in the Attic or the other two of the trilogy from a friend on the school bus, uh, at a sleepover, whatever, 
this mm-hmm. was the franchise of books to have at a certain point of life. It was like Sweet Valley High straight to VC Andrews. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, the other the other books, Petals on the Wind, mm-hmm. If There Be Thorns, if there be thorns. Seeds of Yesterday, yes. and continuing on even then to Garden of Shadows, which is a prequel written posthumously. So she passed away right right before this movie oh. uh, before this movie opened. However, a actually a ghostwriter, Andrew Niederman, has continued writing movie uh, writing books in her name and other uh, other uh, ghostwriters as well. So VC Andrews has had a very long uh, and still going on writing career, even from the grave. I did not so, know this. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But yes, a lot of them all dealing with our our family of do you does anyone remember their last name? Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, did, did no. they have a last name? The Dollengangers. The Dollengangers. The Dollengangers. Really? They don't that say it the in the name. movie. I don't think it's Jeez, in the book, a... but not said in the movie. That's Dollengangers. It's not. That's it's ominous. not. Yeah, it's not really brought up very much. What you do hear a little bit more is, um, I think, the name of like the 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 house. But you don't really hear Dollenganger really brought up all that much. No, 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 no. So when did you, did you read this book then, Jess? Oh, yeah. And I think I read it right when it came out. The I don't know when the book came out, probably 85 or 86. The movie was out in 87. So I read it in whenever it came out, 85 or 86. I was definitely like in sixth grade, middle it's school. A- 1979 it originally came out the first one. Oh, the, first the book, book did? Yeah. Oh, well I was 4. I did not read it at that point. <laughs> you did not read I it waited right a few years. <laughs> you didn't pick it right off the rack, <laughs> freshly printed, but you did get a copy. Yes. And you did, so you, you read it and then watched the movie. Yes, I read it before the movie ever was a thing, but I re- watched the movie when it came out in 87. I remember it very distinctly. But yes, this was like I'm telling you, it was like, an at least where I grew up in Atlanta, everybody had to get their hands on V.C. Andrews. Like it was honestly mm-hmm. akin to Harry Potter or something like now mm-hmm. how kids mm-hmm. are, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so when this movie was about to be released, mm-hmm. you were you like, were you just waiting for this one to come oh, out? Oh, yeah. Were you, was this Freaking like a out, deal? excited. Yes. Yeah. Very big deal. Absolutely. Were you at the time, do you recall if you were disappointed or were you pleased with the movie at the time? Um, I, I laughed at many points of it then. And I laughed a lot. Rewatching. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine why. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so were you one of those people in the theater going like, ah, it, no, in the book, you got it totally wrong. It was, ah, no. I mean, I don't want to be a pervert, but like, you know, the older siblings get it on yes. in the book. Yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. yeah. they yeah. kind of hint to it, but not really. There's a there's a couple right. of looks. I couldn't even call them sexy, but there's a few looks that maybe alludes to that, but we don't see any of that action. They did shoot it. <laughs> and then they removed they sh- it? They shot scenes of them kissing, the older siblings. They shot scenes of them kissing, but it was very tame. But they test mark. They tested the film, they and did. it played terribly, mm-hmm. and they removed it. Okay, I was like, wait, so, I literally just rewatched it. Did I miss them kissing? No, 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 no. They had <laughs> shot, they shot, they shot it. It didn't get in there. No, you're right. You're, you're like, oh my god, yes. did I fall asleep? Did I not off? Seriously, I was like, what? 
You're no, like, but that's I don't want to miss some Christy Swanson smooching. Okay. But uh, before we go any further about this movie, uh, we have to go around and talk about what this movie's about. So let's go around, everybody. What's this movie about? Let's start with you, Mark. This movie was, it's actually originally marketed uh, as a PSA for um, people who are, uh, you know, getting certified to be foster and adoptive parents. And it was called Simple Tips, Sim- Simple Tips for Successful Foster Parenting. And it's just like basic things you should know that you shouldn't do. If you're fostering mm. children, you're, you're don't sure. do these things. Arson, right. not a good idea. Yeah. Maybe mm. letting your kids play with random rats. Not a great idea. Not successful parenting tips. Sure, sure. Feed your kids. Look, I am certified to be a foster parent. True story. And I I watched this movie and I went, yeah, these are the things you're not supposed to do. This is a, an important film. I think it's important are- not to, it is to keep your arsenic as separate from all your food items as right. possible. In fact, right. you know, I don't I don't think you should put it in a sh- on a shelf with the rest of the food I, <laughs> in your I, pantry I in a pewter shaker i, yeah, I typically it's... don't transfer the arsenic from the arsenic can- container <laughs> to a pewter shaker because <laughs> that could that could cause confusion it, yeah you it know makes you feel like what well, am i serving this now i feel like i'm serving this now uh jessica what is this movie about I mean, honestly, it comes down to the letter C. And I mean, like C is for cookie, to be specific. (laughs) We got cookies. We got Corinne. We got Corey. We got Casey. We got Kathy. We got Christopher. We got Fifty Shades of C is what we've got. Oh, yep. (laughs) So to me, the entire movie is about the letter C. Yeah. Mm. Very good. Yes. Yes. Erica, what is this movie about? Oh, thanks for asking, Ryan. Um, I think really, the, to me, what this movie really highlighted the most was the um, how you really need to have a rigorous hiring process in place when you get a groundskeeper. Because you can't just hire anyone to do it. That's a great point. It's very Otherwise, good. things I mean, are going to Just because they have the, the tools, it yeah. doesn't Yeah, just mean... because he has a shotgun and some dogs, it doesn't mean he's good at his job. I mean... And you had they had a significant amount of landscaping to do. Yes. Yeah, so yes. you really need yeah. to... Yeah. So yeah. Like three really, cheers. Yeah. Thoroughly yeah. screen your groundskeeper. Yeah. Very um, good. Yeah. I think there, you know, for me, I think we're leaving on only one thing, which is that, guys, it is very hard to be rich and white. Oh, that's what amen. this movie is to me. Like, it is tough. You're right. Yeah. It is tough. Uh-huh. I mean, if you lose all your financial stability, who do you have to fall back on? But your very, very rich parents. Yes. I know. Who you upset mm-hmm. later, earlier in your life. Yeah. And, like, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. tough. Tough it's hard. stuff. It's Tough hard. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, you learn a lot in this movie. I, I think <laughs> there's a learn, lot of life lessons. Yeah, there's a lot of life lessons yeah. to take away. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Flowers in the Attic. That's why everybody was reading it. Yeah. You know? It's a vibe. Yeah. It's a vibe. <laughs> Let's quickly go through the letterbox synopsis. We're on letterbox, so please follow us there if you're on letterbox. And actually, this one's not too bad. This one's actually not too bad. Okay. Um, after the death of her husband, All right. mm-hmm. a mother takes her kids to live with their grandparents in a huge, Tracking. decrepit old mansion. No, nope. There's the nope. one part I have uh, and not decrepit. I, have take, I have beef with. Decrepit? Uh, it looks no. pretty nice. Yeah, pretty yeah. nice. Good. Looks pretty good. Uh, however, the kids are kept hidden in a room just below the attic. 
visited only by their mother, who becomes less and less concerned about them and their failing health and more concerned about herself and the inheritance she plans to win back from her dying father. Mm-hmm. Oh. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, Shoot, pretty I, good. I guess pretty decrepit, good. maybe, was that the mention of the groundskeeper? I'm just looking in there. <laughs> Don't see the groundskeeper They did not. I think mentioned. decrepit is what they meant. They meant some of the foliage and, mm. uh, you know what I mean? Some mm. some of those trees and those bushes mm. were not really, they were not as good as they could have I mean, have did been. he fix that spotlight after it was kicked off the roof? I don't, I don't know. know. He seemed to throw it back <sighs> on the ground. Yeah, it looked like he walked no. away from it, like it was yep. somebody else's problem. Yeah, he, he absolutely <laughs> did because he put more bars on the windows. So while he was oh. out there, he would have put the light up. All right. Well, you're you're hoping you're just Attention. you're giving him credit for it, All right. and also, he does not deserve that sort of he does not deserve that credit. Okay, all right, that's fair. Now we start with this idyllic family portrait of a very happy family, the Dolan Gangers. <laughs> <laughs> when I found that out, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Are you the Dolan Gangers? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow. Are you wow. serious?" Wow. I had to double check. I'm just double checking it now. I'm like, is that seriously their name? Anyway, it is. We have Chris, the old, the eldest Chris. Mm-hmm. He's played by Jeb Stewart Adams. This was his biggest role to date because he'd mainly been doing TV shows. He never worked. And he again. actually he he thought this was going to launch him uh, from this movie, and it it, it did not. Mm-hmm. It did not. How old launch is him. Chris? He's 24 movie? in this movie. When he shot the movie, he was 24 years old. Okay, all right, that's fair. So, um, Kathy, who's played by Christy Swanson, is actually 16 when she shot this movie. So, eight years between them. The original Buffy, of course, which would come a little bit later. Up until this, she had done a role in Ferris Bueller. And also, who could forget, Deadly Friend. Of course, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) Deadly Friend. Wes Craven. Fantastic. Wes Craven, who also, (laughs) you know, as we'll, we'll talk later in the research, wrote a draft prior to them making this movie. Oh. And potentially oh. could have could have made this movie. Anyway. That would have been way better. Way, way better. Yeah. Way better. Um, yes. Corey, little Corey, is played by Ben Ganger. Casey was played by Lindsay Parker. They were both child actors who basically grew up and said, forget this and they left the business. But I think we're both pretty good, at least a, a little Corey. I like little Corey and his hairy arms. Real hairy, uh, and that's Real hairy and that arms. is that's a problem. Very hairy arms, uh, and you know what? I gotta say, when this movie started, and we got to see this family, and they're like waiting for their dad, and they're having this loving thing, and then of course the cops show up, and we hear the bad news about the dad, and we'd had this lovely, actually, you know, for a new world movie, lovely like credit sequence that wasn't yeah. just over black; it's yep. just shots mm-hmm. of the house mm-hmm. over a, a a very terrific score. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh-oh, is this going to be good? And then on the bus <laughs> ride over, the mom reveals her plans. Your grandfather is dying. He's not expected to live much longer. But in that time, I'm going to win back his love. And then, darlings, I'll be the heiress to a fortune beyond your imaginations. Ah, yes. We're in a New World <laughs> Pictures movie. This is perfect, because what a yep. ludicrous idea that any that any adult person would be like i know what to do i reached that conclusion slightly before you because before she even said that speech i was like are you fucking high you just brought your four kids on a greyhound bus what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) did you notice um 
before they left on the bus, before the dad goes bye-bye, um, did you notice the mother peering in from the door yeah. when daddy yeah. gives Kathy mm-hmm. her ballerina doll? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The mm-hmm. mom was jealous. Very, mm-hmm. yeah. We we would we get payoff on that later. But yes, mm-hmm. she did not like that little ballerina music box. No. But she had to give to her privately because he didn't give uh, little gifts like that to the other kids. That's right. Also, the fact that that ballerina doll made it through the move is a fucking miracle. (laughs) Like, that would have never happened. Right? (laughs) They sold all of their possessions except the ballerina. Right. Right. Also, that would have ended up broken absolutely somewhere in (laughs) mid-transit. Once they actually get to the house that they are now living in, the, the the mansion that they're in, she puts that little ballerina music box. Once they're stuck in a room, which is like a room with a table and chairs and two beds mm-hmm. and a bathroom, there's a fireplace and she sticks it up on the mantle of the fireplace. And the, the, it has like these two little pieces of the mantle that like stick out at the top. And it's like she puts it on one of those pieces that's sticking out. And I'm like, you, honestly, you're, you were just asking for someone to knock that thing off. <laughs> you are asking for it. Like, it's you, there's four of you're you right. in this tiny room. Mm-hmm. You're, someone's going to knock that down. You put it in the you worst You would hide place. it or put it you under the well bed. You might as well put a sign like, knock this shit down. It someone also felt, please do it. to me, it felt like a real power move, too. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah. you know, Corey had no toys, no nothing. visible toys, yeah. nothing. Casey had like a doll. Casey has one doll and she's like, oh, is is anyone else going to put anything up here on the mantle? <laughs> no, just my prized ballerina music box statuette. Hey, you, you remember when dad gave me this and he gave you guys fucking nothing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it felt like to me i was like wow that's bold that is bold oh my god yes um yeah uh very yeah that was a power move wasn't it i mean when you have like when you move into like a like a dormitory in college if you have that experience you got to make a power move yeah you make a power move and you're like this is my space that was what she was saying she was like this is my space and you know what christopher that's my dick so everybody knows the lay of the land all right Corey, you can bed with Carrie. I'm hopping on that D, and my my dancer's going out here on the mantle. So, so so So, important. I might have been into this movie. I can't tell. (laughs) But I might have been into it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Also, I gotta love this plan. Like I was laughing when I heard this plan on the bus. But once we get to the house and Grandma comes in and kind of lays down the law, love it, and then tells the kids why mom's come back i again laughed out loud because it is like wow mom cool plan like i'm gonna win back his love after i i married and had four children with his brother that ought to go over well yeah that yeah 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 this is this is my shit what do i do to take care of my kids i got four kids i'm a single mom Ah, shit. Well, let me see. I did have sex with my dad's brother and completely ruined my reputation and was booted out of the family. But what if I imposed myself and my family on my father and just slowly win back his love so I can get written back in the will? I was like, dear God, are you serious? This is the plot of this movie? Yeah. After 17 years. 17 you're like, years. I'm yes. back. I brought what some up? inbred kids. No, no, no. But he money. doesn't know that. He's not going to know that. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know, know He doesn't know that. Right. Yeah, you know right. what? I think Grandpa oh. knows what's up. 
How many oh years were between player. Grandpa and his brother? Because the brother yeah. is a young, fetching, poor man's Robert Redford. Grandpa right. looks mm-hmm. like a stand-in for Bram Stoker's Gra- Dracula yes! with his nails. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my God, totally. totally. Yes! totally. I completely saw, I saw those <laughs> fingernails. I was like, saw those down, Nosferatu. What are you doing? He has like these killer nails. I was Ugh. like, my. He like touch, reaches out and touches Corinne's yes, head. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. With your nasty vampire fingers? Don't touch me. Yeah. Was that Stephen Oldman playing that role? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> but we also learn early on in the movie, this is, I also think that this is a movie that's very important for aspiring parents. You learn early on, if you're going to have kids, buy them a dog or a cat. Because it's the only way yes. to learn about death. Oh, God. Otherwise, when people do die, because there's no other evidence of death anywhere nope. around nope. any children. That's ever. true. So mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't mm-hmm. have a dog or a cat die, you'll be com- perpetually confused if a human dies. So buy your, especially buy your kids an older dog or cat. <laughs> so we can just get this over with early. Yeah. Because this is Christy Swanson's argument, is that the mom yes. didn't buy them a dog or a cat, so they had no way to understand that people die. Mm-hmm. This is this is where I what? really came up with yeah. my this. Yeah. It's tough to be you know rich and white because that was the thing she's mad at her mom. At. Yeah, why didn't she get us a, a decrepit old cat? You know, so we would understand death. <laughs> it would die, so we wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. But it is hard to be white and rich because it's really not Corinne's fault, okay? Like, they weren't allowed to have beasts of any kind in the home, in the manor, right? Mm, Hounds were for hunting only uh, when the family went (laughs) fox hunting. Hunting hunting any children descending from the roof. They were never allowed for. Right. Only the guard dogs to come out and attack. Which, you know what? Those dogs... I wonder if New World had some kind of a contract because those dogs look awfully familiar and similar to the ones that come out when Janie tries to sneak out of the window and girls just want to have fun. Oh my god! Am gosh, I wrong? I didn't even think wrong. about that. Point. Do they so just really have these dogs point. on retainer? Just a, just a pack of ger- <laughs> a pack of German shepherds. I would not yeah. doubt that they would go back to the exact same animal trainer. Yep. For, for this is yet another movie since we just talked about Hellraiser. This is yet another movie scored by Christopher Young. And again, New York, New World Pictures said, you've got to use Christopher Young for the score for this. Oh, Who does a great job. An amazing score, like no doubt. Mm-hmm. But new, I would not doubt that New World was going like, oh, we've got a guy. We've got a guy or, or gal that's got some great dogs. And we're going to just e- go, go to them. Every contract at New World was a BOGO. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got this stuff done. <laughs> By the way, since we talk, we're talking about the uh, the moment when uh, Grandma reveals their secret past. I gotta say, all the children, and I'm I'm not anticipating a huge reaction from the young ones, but the kids really take the fact that they're inbred very well. They yeah. really <laughs> take that in and just go, "Oh, all right." It did not change their uh, their expression. Yeah. By any, like, and like a, even a tiny tick. Because they were like, but just to be clear, I'm still rich and white, right? Right. I'm still, like, yeah. but we're, 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 we're good. Though, then, okay, yeah. we're good. We're good. Okay, Move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Can I ask a question? We're what? not the only rich white inbred family, right? There's many. Can I can I ask what what year does this movie take place? God. I believe the book is supposed to be set in like the 1950s or something, but the I believe this is set in modern modern times. Modern for the times. So why does yeah. Christy Swanson look like she's like a like an extra Little in house the ragtime band? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what is happening with her outfits? Oh, and Chris wears an outfit where he it's a it's a moment when he yells at Louise Fletch Fletcher to get out of the room, and then he backs against the wall, yes. and, he's, and he's wearing a shirt. He's wearing the shirt and these linen pants, but the shirt is the exact same color as the room color. <laughs> it was like, I was like, way to blend in, Chris. Oh my God. <laughs> it was, I was like, your how the wardrobe was like, I don't want him to pop. I want no one to pop. I want everyone yeah. to like look blend. like the room. Blend. I, 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 lo- to- I loved when he got into bed in like the shortest dolphin shorts. Oh my god, the shorts buy. were amazing. <laughs> yes. I thought he wasn't even wearing pants, and I was like, oh no, there they are. Oh, peekaboo, there they are. Okay, so I just did a quick real time research mm-hmm. of things you six things you need to know before watching Flowers in the Attic, Ooh. and it does say the story takes place in the 1950s. Well, that's oh, the book. Okay. I believe that's the book. I all think right, that the movie right. is supposed to be set in modern times. But this I, says before watching. I don't. I, I mean, it, do you watch books or read them? I usually read them, so I wasn't <laughs> sure. Do you do it a different way? How do you do? <laughs> do, you do, do you approach books differently? I'll, uh, <laughs> I listen to my books now. <laughs> through my headphones thank you very much i oh, have okay. i pay oh. someone else to read them for me got it he watches books with his ears guys he watches books with his ears A- after watching this movie he's gonna tell all his friends i read flowers in the attic yeah sure might with as my well ears. i know enough i know enough um by the way i gotta hand it to louise, louise fletcher like god she's so good in this movie so yes. uh, not to skip ahead to things i love but god she's so good in this and she almost really kind of wasted she needed to be in it more, mm-hmm. to my mind. But I agree. that moment when a, a Victoria Tennant decides that she has any like sort of uh, like like she can bargain whatsoever with her and says, like, if you treat my kids badly, I'm going to take them and leave. And she's like, go take them yeah. leave now. Yeah, she goes leave tonight. And I was like, yes, I was like, yes! that was yes! incredible. If that's from the book, like like ha- that was an awesome yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Oh yeah. I was like, yes, you go, yeah. Louise. Like I was like that's I think when I started. I'm not gonna lie, guys. That's when I started to go, I, I think I'm on Louise's side. Right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Is that risk, terrible? At the risk of sounding uh, you know, at the risk of having my children taken away, I totally related <laughs> with Louise. I related with grandmother. I was like, Yeah, you guys showed up here penniless. I don't even know who you are. You're a bunch of inbreds. And now you're like Where's our slice of our mansion? <laughs> Sorry. I look. I, I didn't the thing. take care of this Dracula-handed, long-fingered, mm-hmm, old-ass, gross, mm-hmm. half-dead old man for this many years. I mean, he's and he's two hundred years old. Yeah, he's, so she's only she's been, been caring for him for two hundred years. He also has a fetish time. for seeing mm-hmm. his own daughter's bare flesh and watching her get what do you call it? Mm-hmm. Flagellation. Y- yeah, something like that. When yeah. you whip. Yep. For religious yeah. purposes, she gets, she gets, what's it called? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yep. Flatulation. <laughs> 
<laughs> or is that different? That's that? what he was doing under the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means he's happy. <laughs> Those are happy toots. I want to Google it, but I also don't want that in my search history. What's the term when you whip someone? Uh, For religious reasons? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden, you get a lot of suggestions from Google. I I want my suggestions. (laughs) Do you like this whip? Order it on Amazon. Oh, God. Just in time for Christmas. (laughs) Um, Like, I was watching this movie going, okay, these kids are calling their situation a prison. But they got a gigantic attic mm-hmm. to go play in and do shit with. It's got mm-hmm. tons of stuff in it. They get room service. Yeah. <laughs> you aren't to... kidding. No, I no, I'm telling you. I wrote this down. I was like, you get at three, three and a half star meals. Yeah. Uh, deluxe accommodations. <laughs> yeah. You have your own arts and crafts supplies. Yes. Fresh air. I mean, honestly, things are not that bad. They're not as you, bad as you would think. Like mm-hmm. when you think like, oh, they were kept up in the attic. I'm like, but that attic is enormous and runs the length of uh, it seemingly runs the length of the main house and the main building, yes. which is huge. Yeah. That attic provided Christopher the education he needed to get into medical school. <laughs> He had a microscope. He got that one book. He got that one book. He had a microscope and one volume out of the 26 Encyclopedia Britannicas from 1943. Oh, God. That's all you needed. That's all you need. Ironically, the the one volume that discussed how to die from arsenic poisoning. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, it it was the A. It was the first volume. Yeah. Yeah. I love that moment when he's in the bathroom doing that research because he has he has the microscope with him with a piece of the cookie under it or something. But he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't even look at it. I he's know. just reading. It's just there, just in case. Um, can we also just take a minute of love and appreciation for when Doctor Christopher is still pre med and um, he feeds his brother his own blood. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yes. Remember when Doctor Chris that? was like, "I know what Corey needs." Well, fresh blood. Their blood grandfather brothers. is a vampire, so I get it. Yeah. The, what this, I also appreciate is that Corey didn't go. Uh, what the fuck? You yeah. want me to or, lick ew, that? He, went he right just for went it. right in. He wanted yeah. right in. Not just the, Corey, but Kathy proving, too. Kathy proving, was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, just just be quiet." And then he's. He's like has Corey suck on his on his arm, and they continue their conversation. Yeah, which proves like, this isn't the first time it's happened. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's what I <laughs> right. thought. And really has nothing to do with his starvation. It's just a fetish. Uh-huh. He doesn't even need to instruct Corey on what to do. <laughs> yeah. He just lifts Corey to his arm. Corey's like, oh, okay, this shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, blood time. <laughs> oh, cool. What is it? What is it? Seven o'clock at night? I guess yeah. it's that time. <laughs> oh my lord! How long? Are they in the attic? We never fully know. Yeah, I think it's like six out. months. I think it's like a, 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 ter- a like six month period. I a think. change of seasons because remember she starts. Mm-hmm. Casey starts cutting down the flowers. And right. Kathy right. says, "Why are you doing that?" And she said, "Winter is coming." That's right. <laughs> That's right. Her her like single contribution outside of like yelling at her grandmother was that. Yes. Mm. She yeah. gets really lost in this mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's the cause of the title. Casey is responsible for the title of the Correct. book and film. Correct. Yeah. 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 And yet, sure. she she almost provides almost nothing. 
Correct. Other than one moment of utter defiance. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that, like, when that happened, and she screams at her, and Louise Fletcher pick, picks her up by her ears, I mean, again, probably not the best thing to do if you want to get on that foster list. <laughs> yeah, that was a, this yeah. is how you don't yeah. pick this up is kids. Not, yeah, this this is, isn't good. This mm-hmm. isn't good. Yeah. Um, and then it's like little Corey runs and bites her ankle. Right. And right. Right. Because he's a vampire, thirsty. Because he's a vampire. Yes. yes. Yeah. He's like, Makes well, sense. I don't know. Usually I use the arm, but okay, uh-huh. we'll use the ankle. <laughs> Hopefully, it still works. <laughs> um, d- you know, boys hungry. But her and, arms uh, are up, holding yeah. up her, yeah. her yeah. sister. Arms are so right. Right. that's yeah. right. You can't get to it. Yeah. You can't get to can't it. Got to go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's the ex- mm-hmm. only exposed flesh that he can get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then and the mom is actually holding back the older kids. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to see because it's showing from the floor where where Corey is like biting her, but she's like holding mm-hmm. them back. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's a there's a couple nods. That little look at the gift. This little holding back of the kids, like, because I'm like, mom, step in at any point okay. and tell her to stop at mm-hmm. any point. But can we talk a little bit about the fact that, like, the twins, like, they were a total oopsie, right? Yes. Because, like, mom yes. and dad were, like, yep. this yeah. close to, like, having all the time they needed. No more date nights. Every night's mm-hmm. a date night. Mm-hmm. And they go out to, like, a heart association function, have a couple too many Manhattans, and then, oopsie. <laughs> Now we're parents again. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. but what twins. a bummer. <laughs> With twins, yeah. you got double fucked on that. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, no uh, wonder only- no wonder why he died. He's like, I'm never getting out of this. I've got a call. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he died because they probably trimmed his nails too short. You're right. <laughs> he couldn't defend himself couldn't any defend longer. Himself. You know? That's right. He had Those no talents. Defense. He was like, oh, I, I just have these short, stubby nails. Yeah, you can't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I believe he dies in a car crash, but like you don't ever, you're not told any of that. Mm-hmm. You're just because the police show up at the door. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I would love to think that they showed up from the graveyard, having just found his corpse flayed out by a bunch of vampires and been like, oh, well, we got to go tell the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh how do we say this, man? How do you say um, it? How do you say it? We just came back from the graveyard, and uh, <laughs> well, yeah, apparently your husband was killed by a bunch of vampires. Seriously, oh. God, I feel like I feel like we're already on the topic. I feel like this is be this would just it just feels like a natural point in time to just discuss things we loved, things we hated. Oh boy, we're gonna talk about the things we loved, and the things we hated about. Flowers in the attic. Uh, Jess, let's start with you as our guest. What's something that you loved? Oh, God. It's, um, I got to say, the last few minutes really pack a punch. And Mm -hmm. when the children show up at the wedding, that we really see what the mom, it was like an episode of The Bachelor. She went on one excursion for a week with a man and now fell in love. And there's 20 Mm -hmm. guests at the wedding, all in their 80s. From which life yes. we don't know. Yes. And when she says, Mother, and she turns around, Victoria Tennant turns around and says, Who are you? Pretending as though she doesn't yes. know the children. And she says, We're the children of the bride. We're the children of the bride. 
<laughs> like she's so yeah. serious and passionate mm-hmm. with yeah. we're the children of the bride. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but I think we all know what happens about 30 seconds later and then the movie's yeah. over. Oh yeah. 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 I love how quickly too her new betrothed, her new, you know, soon to be husband. Bart. Like he felt quick. But he also fell out quicker. Like, oh, wait, whoa, kids? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. he's already, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. that's all he needed. Whoa, no right? DNA yeah. test, no, no birth certificates. Right? He was like, I'm out. I'm he was out. like, yeah. ew, yucky. Yeah. I did not <laughs> sign up for this. Uh, I'm walking away from this Dollenganger fortune. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to say that uh, Bart here, it, it, you won't know it, but he's actually, unless you've watched it a few times like I did for this, <laughs> he's actually the dad's lawyer because they mentioned him by name oh, earlier. Okay. Oh, my So God. imagine the, right. the incest that's happening there that he's marrying ew. the person who's going to inherit the money of the yep. will he has yep. just put together. Okay. Right? His clients. So that's why it's surprising that he backs out so fast. Mm-hmm. It's like he knows the money that's at stake. Yeah, but but just a, a point of clarity: if you if you uh, have sex with someone's lawyer, that isn't technically incest. <laughs> no, I, I just sure mean like clear. there's. I know. I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying like it feels like there's like another form of it by him being. I just like, didn't know oh. if you had very broad incestual <laughs> laws that you were abiding by. Oh my god. <laughs> I find incest everywhere, Mark. <laughs> it will keep you out of trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, do you want to see this movie at ten thirty? That sounds incestual. I I can't. I can't. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, um, by yeah. the way, Bart is played by Leonard Mann, who had a huge career in Italian spaghetti westerns oh. and crime films. He had a long, long career in Italy, and he's also in New World's Cut and Run. Sort of odd that he showed up here in like a legit American movie. He had Mm -hmm. such a profound career. Cut and Run is yet another movie made by an Italian director. So he had a real Italian career. So he's probably pumped to be in an American movie. Is it about an illegal plastic surgeon? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been been perfect. The actual plot of that movie is nothing like that. But it is. That would have been a better one. Can we watch that movie, please? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's a comedy which yes. is even right, better right yes. right yes. he's the kookiest plastic surgeon <laughs> uh, mark what is something that you loved uh i love that this movie shows it teaches aspiring parents again this movie is teaching parents teaching it's God, teaching you parents. so much so yeah. much lessons that that you know, there's a scene where the kids are complaining about not going out, being able to go outside and play in the grass and get fresh flowers and all that stuff. Get um, over it, <laughs> right? But then Christopher gives them the, like this empowering speech about like, listen, we've just got to all we got to do is we got to sacrifice, and then mm-hmm. mom's gonna get this money, and then we're gonna you know then we're gonna we're all gonna be okay. And it's important to remember that one thing that kids really understand is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't think enough movies reinforce how resonant that works with children. Yeah. So yeah. this movie really called it out and I appreciated that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cassie was really like, I felt like when she was spinning the doll, her doll in the air, she was like, sacrifice. I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes yeah, total this. sense uh-huh. to me. This is I a concept. This I understand. is really this is coming into my six year old brain and really hitting, really landing. <laughs> right, uh, right. Erica, what is something you loved? 
I mean, I really loved the attic. I thought that mm. it really was created really well and yeah. did seem like watching it. I almost felt like, what's their fucking problem? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> so what? Your mom doesn't love you. I felt that way my whole life. Come on, oh. get over it. Like, wow. you got this dope oh. attic. Like, you know, they, it looked, I thought the set was gorgeous. I love like all the wild, you know, random stuff that was up there. Like, you know, taxidermied animals and statues and mirrors and this like, yeah things that maybe used to be in the house and weren't anymore. I, I don't know. I thought they they did an incredibly great job building that attic set. And, and they were it. bored by it in a season. Immediately. In a season. Immediately. <laughs> They're like, fuck this place. Can we get out? Right. Like, oh, I saw your house opening up. It didn't look anything like this fucking attic. So <laughs> uh, you better check yourselves, <laughs> doll and gangers. All right. But yeah, I loved it. I thought the attic looked awesome. Uh, something else you love, Jess? You know, I love that Corey just never gives up. Even, oh, even in his last breath. When yeah. uh, the uh, voiceless butler picks him yeah. up mm-hmm. and yeah. he says, hello, John. Yeah. I yeah. Am I a bad person that I did laugh out loud at that moment? <laughs> no, 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 no. In fact, no. you know, every time he said, he says John twice. Yes. And I can't help it. I, every time he said it, I felt like he was saying it sarcastically. <laughs> Because like when they first come up to the to the house, yes. they inter- get introduced to the butler. Uh-huh. And they're like, this is John. He's the butler. He's been the butler here forever. And he goes, nice to meet you, John. And I was like, oh, you might be my favorite kid. Yeah, he's like, yeah, a dick. Like, he threw nice John some serious shade you, right John. there. And then like yeah. John picks him up. He's dying. He's like, hi, John. Uh-huh. Like, he, it always sounded to me like he was giving John a ton of shit that's what i always sounded it always sounded like that yes (laughs) mark something else you loved well i I think ryan we have to hear something that you loved i mean well uh, i also have a laundry list here um oh oh oh, because we missed a couple things i mean kathy's getting kathy getting her haircut i mean sensible decision that is oh my god yes oh i that's something i loved that is i mean her wig you have to pay top dollar at a classy Spirit of Halloween store to get a wig of that kind of quality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Erica, that. does that wig not look like when a kid cuts their doll's hair and what the doll yes. then looks yep. like? That yes. is the and exact like the weird wig. choppy layers. That, yes. Yep. 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 I thought it looked like Daryl Hannah and Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in that it's a synthetic wig. It's synthetic. Yeah, I was like, it's I was like, she went super future retro on that. I was really yeah. impressed. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I love that they went, they didn't, they went for like a rooftop rope escape first. And then they were mm-hmm. like, what if we take the bolts out of the door? Like, that wasn't first. Oh, that was great. Yeah. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. first. First mm-hmm. was like, I know what we do. We rappel down this <laughs> huge castle building. Because, again, to your point, that's what rich white kids would do. Why oh. don't we just helicopter off the roof and we'll escape? <laughs> Why don't we just, like, wait till it rains and a big wave comes and we can just, like, surf off the roof and we're oh. safe? Like. Then he's like, yeah. oh, I know a simpler way. We could just knock the, you know, get the, the door frame off to, by just getting the bolts out. Yeah. It was also, like. Also, an important for future parents, if you have teenage kids 
and you don't want them to escape from the room, don't leave a hammer and chisel. <laughs> Just that's you know you know how you lock you know how you lock the cabinet to like all the cleaning supplies for little kids for grown-ups or for older kids, it's get rid of the hammer and chisel. Yes. So, yeah, there you that's what they taught me in in the uh, Los Angeles County foster parenting program. So <laughs> <laughs> Which I did do. I'm not. That's not a joke. I know. I know you did. Uh, Mark, also, I, I know you I, loved. I, go oh, ahead. Go ahead, Jess. Jess. I was just going to say really quick. Also, ballet does not just create lower body strength. If you take ballet, we can now see that women can bend wrought iron as though yeah. it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. ballet yeah. is also a very smart option if you want to teach your child how to do self-defense right. or welding repair without the other tools required <laughs> right. for that. That's right. Degage, degage. Right. They were like Rip a this great, out of the ceiling. They were like a great team for that because Chris was just sort of chiseling underneath mm-hmm. the wrought iron and then he was like, use your ballet strength and pull. Pull, yeah. Kathy, pull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe, guys, maybe that was the sex scene. That was the innuendo. Yeah, that's you basically know? what you that got. Was, that's as close yeah. as you got. Yeah. yeah. Keep pulling harder. You're almost there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, when also when she was trying to uh, pull him up from the rope and he was trying to climb and she kept yelling, "Come on, come on!" <laughs> yeah. and, and it made yes. me think about it. Made it reminded me there was a time that I had a personal trainer and this was like when I was in the best shape of my life. And what made the difference for me was when I would be struggling for that like last push up or that mm-hmm. last like bench press she would just yell at me come on and i would be like yeah, i got it i found the strength i gotta do the strength you know and so that's all you gotta that do kind of inspiration just yell come on and people will make it happen yeah yeah you when know, it, someone's doing poorly at work just go come on they'll scream do it. it in their face yeah <laughs> So Chris really had moments where he was like, guys, there's time for like fun and there's time for sacrifice. And then he had moments where he was like, just come on. (laughs) Yeah. Really ran the gamut. Yeah. He's really a a deep guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of things I just love just to kind of get through my stuff. Um, I loved Chris's enormously long polo shirt (laughs) that runs past his butt. Yeah. (laughs) When he pulls down his pants, I was like, how long? Yeah. Is that like you're so you're always sitting on your polo shirt? Yeah, it was like a night shirt just to keep it taut. Yeah, yeah. it sometimes, was sometimes you like a deep tuck. Yeah, you just yeah. gotta get Very real tuck. deep tuck. I was like, did you, you like a mid thigh tuck? <sighs> did you not bring enough clothes and you got somebody else's? <laughs> that polo was just enormous. Uh, again, I just will highlight the score. Christopher Young did a lot of stuff for New World Pictures, he did Defcon 4, Avenging Angel, Torment. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, The Telephone. He did a bunch of stuff for New World. His score is so good, and I think elevates a lot of this movie outside mm-hmm. of some of its more hilarious moments. And also, can we talk about Swanbed? Oh, Swanbed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Swanbed. Swanbed. <sighs> for one, a great piece of construction by the, mm-hmm. the set designer. Like, yeah. amazing thing. But, like, again, Rich and White... <laughs> running through that walk-in closet. Like, look at these clothes! Like, her reaction to Swanbed is amazing. She's furious. Yeah. That's Swanbed. Like, that was the thing that set her off. That was breaking point. Yeah, that was breaking point, was her seeing the Swanbed. Mm -hmm. She was like, God damn. 
I've been sleeping next to hairy ass Corey. <laughs> but the older, but the older brother is like <laughs> Swan Bed was a sign of like we are close. We are mm-hmm. very close to mm-hmm. achieving Mecca. Mm-hmm. Right. Just yeah. just hold on tight. We're, We're almost, almost there. there. Almost yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I would have the first hint would have been when mom stopped showing up for me. Yeah. I've been like, wait a minute. I think we just got fucked on this one. <laughs> Imagine every time she didn't show up and he's like, We're so close, guys. We're so close. <laughs> Sacrifice, everyone. Sacrifice. <laughs> You know, the more I think about it, I think the mom and the oldest son were having a relationship. Mm. Could have been. He was a real mama's boy. The thought of that he was, Mm -hmm. and he defended her Mm -hmm. till till the bitter end. So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. that's going to be a takeaway from me. Mm -hmm. A post viewing takeaway. Mm -hmm. The more we talk about this, and I picture his reactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you know what? In that family, anything's possible. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go into things we hated. Uh, Jess, we'll start with you. I hated when they were walking up to Grandpapa and they were leaning down. And I guess maybe Kathy was listening to see if he was still breathing. Don't know what the point was. Why didn't she just put a pillow over his face and kill him right then and there, right? End it. Yeah. 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 Instead, Grandpa's eyes open wide and he grabs her. And he says something, and I replayed it three times, and I cannot understand what the hell he's saying. Please enlighten me if you know. He says something, something, Uh, Corinne. You you were always my favorite. Oh. Yeah, he says you were always my favorite, Corinne. If I could piggyback on that, that was something I also hated because I thought, look at this fucking haircut. It's clearly not Corinne, you crazy old vampire. (laughs) Corinne's hair looks like golden silk that has been spun from an angel's cloud. Yes. And you're looking at this choppy ass shit wig. Shit wig. And you're like, LL is my favorite. (laughs) Chucky Gun (laughs) Blonde. <laughs> oh, that's so good! Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, I love it. That Mark is feeling that oh, one. Oh, yes. yeah, uh, he's feeling that bit. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, how close do you have to get to somebody to know if they're dead or not? I mean, they got so close to Grandpa. Yeah. What do you not know? Can you not? You can't see. Like, you're very close to somebody. They got right up on him, like they're about to put their ear on his chest to hear yeah. his trying yes. to hear his heart. I'm mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you attempting to do? How close do you need to get? He's, well, he was supposedly about to take his last breath, and yet he had superhuman strength. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, he's a vampire. Of course. They woke him from his deep slumber. <laughs> and he put his Nosferatu hand on, yes. on the two of them. I'm surprised they escaped their grasp. Especially Chris, because he's he's lacking in blood. He's been Yeah, he's been bloodletting. For Corey's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, and typically yeah. elderly people on the verge of death sleep very quietly. Yeah. 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 They so do. It's, it's, you know, it happens. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you for bringing us back to reality. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you for quickly crunching the numbers on elderly deaths. <laughs> oh, uh, well, Mark, wh- what is something that you hated? Uh, I hated that uh, the butler didn't get more lines. Yeah, I felt like he he was someone that was going to tell me a lot. He had real insight. Yeah, uh, and he didn't say anything. And I felt I know that I did. I did a little research, and I guess he did have a lot of lines in the original he did. script. Yep. Yeah, uh, he had more. He just, had a bigger part. And yeah. I just really bummed me out that he didn't play more of a role because I thought that was just 
an opportunity that was lost. A local LA actor, m- probably much like Chris thinking, this is really going to launch my career. And then they kind of cut his, his, his part to next uh-huh. to nothing where he basically has one line when he welcomes in Bart, the lawyer. That's basically mm-hmm. his one line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wes Craven <laughs> would have given him lines. So Erica, something you hated. Um, I hated that there wasn't more Louise Fletcher. Yeah. I'm with you guys on that. Yep. I think they could have had 100% more of For her sure. interacting mm-hmm. with them. Um, a thing that made me this, I'll save it. It's not something I hated. It's actually now that I'm about to say it, I'm realizing it's something that I loved. So I'll save that. Um, I'm also going to say something that might be a little controversial. Oh. I um, hated Victoria Tennant. Mm. I thought mm-hmm. she had no arc in this. Yes. And she yeah. started as this kind of doughy eyed, like, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, even when she was still in love with the children. Yes. It, there was no change. It felt exactly the same as when she later mm-hmm. was like, what do you mean? You're trying to ruin my plan. It just felt like she was so flat. Mm. I just did not yeah. enjoy her performance in this. I okay. totally agree. Okay. When Corey is being taken to his deathbed, quite literally, yeah, she goes full on cyborg with zero emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like yes, it waned the more the movie went on. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think particularly for that moment too. That's a moment I think they were trying to make her come in. She she could delivers the news on Corey's passing. And she delivers it or is supposed to deliver it like Louise Fletcher. And you're mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah, mm. I think that's it, what like, I wanted. More yeah, of. I'm not yeah. feeling uh-huh. Louise Fletcher here. Yeah. No, it felt the same way she delivered most lines mm-hmm. once they yeah. had gotten there to the mansion. So, yeah, I did not enjoy her, her performance mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay. I, also, I, also, I also don't believe that the way that she died would have actually killed her. Hmm. The wedding okay. dress fail. The the wedding dress fail <laughs> that exactly goes like <laughs> this on the way down yeah. five feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And is and somehow this very sheer fabric suddenly becomes like rope. Like they, come on now, that just seemed a little bit ridiculous. And and that she would be hung by a garden trestle like that. That stuff breaks when you just try to put it in the ground, let alone yes. hang a body from it. <laughs> that was the one time I was like, good job, groundskeeper. Really reinforce that garden. Good work. It was the strongest garden it trellis was. I've ever that seen. Was. Um, for me, a couple things I hated. Kathy clearly fake cleans. She's one of those kids that like pretends to clean, but doesn't mm. like when they're up in the attic yeah. and she's just rubbing like a, a rag, a totally dry rag of just on a window. And she, she literally looks around yeah. like, is anyone, has <laughs> anyone seen me do this? Because yeah. I'm not cleaning. I'm not spraying anything on glass. Yeah. I'm not uh-huh. doing anything to the wood around the window or right. the glass itself. I'm just rubbing dry towel on this thing. Like, you're not cleaning. That is bullshit. <laughs> uh, we already talked about uh, Grandpa's long-ass fingernails. Hated those. By the way, <laughs> Grandpa is played by uh, Nathan Davis, who played the Reverend in Poltergre- Poltergeist 3, Ew. which completely oh. was a moment when I figured that out. I was like, that's why I looked at that guy and was like, ew, this guy. <laughs> the man in the because black hat. Because he played the reverend. Yes. Yeah. That, I was like, with okay. With the tequila okay. uh, 
Yeah. No, that was too. Well, but, and, yeah. That would. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different. That's a. That's yeah. a. Di- yeah, that's a different guy. Yeah, but okay. he plays. He, he he's in that movie, and I'm like, oh, okay. Now now I get why I was like, just I was predisposed yes. to not like this person because of that. Um, also, when Chris and Kathy are sneak are sneaking around the house, Kathy has a complete shit stance when it comes to sneaking because Chris. Has that thing that you do where you like yeah. hunch down your neck mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm stepping quietly. I'm smaller. You, I'm smaller. You can't see. <laughs> I'm like, I'm putting my head down like, you know, two inches. So now no one can see me. I'm invisible. But That's Kathy, because the back of his tucked shirt is like, or right. the front of his tucked shirt is pulling his head down. He's he like, would I go didn't... further down, but he can't. He'd be pulling out. He'd be pulling out that. That yeah. really delicate tuck. Yeah. You got to keep that tuck going. Right. Yeah. So Chris. Um, but Kathy is standing straight up, like walking yeah. around like quietly, but she's standing straight while he's kind of ducking mm-hmm. down. It's like, Kathy, sneak around. This yeah. is a shitty sneak. You're terrible at sneaking around. Yeah. Well, it's when you can really tell that he's the doctor. She's not. <laughs> You oh know, my god! He's the professional. <laughs> Those doctors know love to sneak around. They know hospitals. how to sneak. They know how to sneak. She learned posture in dance, Ryan, and she yeah. had to right. screw yeah. that up. She's like, I have to keep a taut spine. <laughs> taut. That's how I. Taut. That's how I. You know, a taut spine. Um, also, should they have tried to escape a bit more? Yes. I mean, yes. The, no. No. The attic is fucking nice, and they're well, getting no, a dope attic. No, I mean, no, I, I'm I, I'm with you guys on that one. Like, if you put me in that situation, I'm like, well, shit, that's a fucking cool ass attic. You know, let's not piss off Granny. She laid out the rules pretty clearly. She told us what's up. Yeah, don't didn't... piss her off. And the food cart keeps coming in. This is pretty ba. We don't have to go to school. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they could get into, but they keep complaining about it. So my point is, is they seem to hate their circumstances, but they almost never try Mm -hmm. to escape. And I know that Chris is kind of dragging this thing down because he believes in mom too much. But I was Mm -hmm. like, they should like the movie. If you're having them, they're locked up in a quote unquote prison. Shouldn't they have tried to escape more? Yes. They didn't even bother to make sure Granny was dead. Yeah. (laughs) He gave her like one club or Christy did. And that was it. Wait, did did she die? No, no. no you no, see her at the end. She just with gets a, with knocked a, out oh, right. with a scratch yeah, yeah, on her yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. she looks out, and watches them leave. Yeah. All right, let's move on to favorite scene. Our favorite scene from Flowers in the Attic. Jess, your favorite scene. I mean, we've talked about it a few times, but I'm sorry, nothing can top her reaction to seeing her daughter's haircut and trying to make it seem like <laughs> yes. it was a good thing. <laughs> Yes. You've cut your hair. What a sensible decision. Like it's it's without a doubt my favorite line in the entire movie. A sensible decision. It reminds me of my own mother and yeah. Yep. You know what? It's it you when Mark's talking about how much this is like gives you good parenting tips, that is a great parenting tip for when you come in and your teen has decided to like shave off side of their hair or like you know dye it green mm-hmm. you just go oh interesting i really like that that nice choice sensible choice is a wonderful line to give to somebody and then you're almost like fuck i didn't do i i was trying to piss them off yes this yeah is, i'm like yeah. that is something i should take yeah yep. that is a really good thing to come in and be unbothered by a shitty haircut absolutely um mark your favorite scene 
I, I it's the same scene, uh, but I like it from the perspective of Kathy and and just her getting that center's cut and just just committing to it to that you know but kind of like I said the future retro Blade Runner look. She's like she's throwing caution to the wind and going like, hey, my brother. My brother, he was losing a little interest, and maybe we need to spice things up, and I'm going to go for a different look. He doesn't come and, in. He barely comes in when I take a bath anymore. Right, right, right. So, and he, and he only washes my back now, so obviously things aren't going right. So, you know, she really gets daring and goes for something different. She also looks more like she did in Deadly Friend than any other time in the movie. Right? So true. I was like, so oh. True. And with her sort of gaunt white face, I was like, yeah. it reminded me. I was like, I got to watch Deadly Friend friend yeah <laughs> she's so good she's so good at basketball that basketball death is unbelievable um yeah it, that reminds me too i love that part when like he comes into like chris comes in and she's in the bath and he's like hey just asking about something from the doorway and then grandma comes in and is like sinners yeah and like she grabs a towel and pulls it into the bath mm-hmm. to cover herself mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. that's i mean I now doubt. you can't dry off yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do now? Yeah. What are you gonna do when you get out of the tub? Because I, I almost bet there's not a ton of towels. That might be the legit complaint that the kids have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One towel each. <laughs> they like. We kind of all have to share a towel. That that's kind of lame. You know. No, they're, but, saving, that, they're, they're trying to conserve water, so they're not gonna wash yeah, them all the time. True. So, that's true. Know. That's right. That <laughs> you have a big house like that. The water bills yeah. through the roof. Erica, your favorite scene? That's so funny that you said that because I was going to mention that exact scene of when she sneaks in because I'm like, the rest of the times they're like, don't worry about it. If we're sleeping in the same bed, we'll hear her put the key in. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had to put the key in, unlock it. Like, there's some noise to that. And yet she sneaks in on them. Yeah. yeah, She's always wearing heels, like, and she snuck in. Like, how? How did she sneak in? Right. Love that. Favorite scene. Another favorite scene was when she leaves locks the door yeah. and then they start to talk about their plan and she comes back in and she's like i heard that and i was like damn ob's got some good hearing <laughs> yeah <laughs> granny has some strong ass ears because she heard that like through the door well it was like when i think it's when they like are they decide they get the food and they're like let's take all the food and run up to the attic yeah. mm-hmm. and they try to and open she comes the attic right for the first time and she comes like, back nope. in and she's like hey I, by the way i gave your mom permission to tell you about the yeah. attic so just first of all you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and the, but yeah, like that you and I were both we're freaking like, out at that moment. That like she was like door? she locked that door and then was like, "Wait, just standing there." So, if she heard that through the closed door, then how did grandpa not 100% hear those kids all the time? Well, he can't he's in another wing and he never leaves his bed unless John wrestles him out of his, you know, his giant bed coffin and puts him in a chair and rolls him around the mansion. Like he doesn't go yeah. anywhere. All right. That's fair. Yeah. I, I but, there's so, it's kind of almost hard to pick a favorite scene because there's so many great, like when at my, my third and final favorite scene is when Corey comes to the bathroom door and he's like, I gotta throw up Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, and then he just turns and walks. I'm like, how many takes did he did he do yes. before they chose that one? Because he totally sounds like a little like he's like, I gotta throw up. Yo, it's Spike, just, I, I got the mops. Yeah, it's so I loved it. I loved it. Um, mine is similar to that uh, in that it's a scene 
It's a scene with the kids, and it's a scene in the attic. And it's the scene. It's the scene that where Corey's missing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they freak out that Corey's missing. And I guess you're. It's meant for the audience to think that they came into their bedroom and she snuck in like she does, Mm -hmm. like a ninja, and took him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Though she has made it clear she has no interest in them. No. She wants to keep them exactly where they are. And wants them to go nowhere else, yeah. uh, nor really leave because she's yeah. got the groundskeeper and his dogs on that. So, like, they just want you to just stay right where mm-hmm. you are. But for some reason, they freak out and they race up into the attic to find out where's Corey. And then Corey has fallen asleep inside of a wicker basket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happened to me just last week. Yeah, I, <laughs> I always wonder why you have life-size wicker baskets. <laughs> like a, well, I really feel like it could fit an adult in this giant wicker basket. Mark's like, you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, interesting choice, Corey. Like when you're just racing around trying to find Fred, his little, his pet, you know, uh, rat or Aww. mouse or whatever. And he just gets tired and falls yeah. asleep inside a wicker basket. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get, like, that was just, that made and me laugh. And their answer to that, to solve that problem is, I guess we need to bring the mouse downstairs. Right. Don't, don't bring the right. mouse anywhere. Right. Someone yeah. should be telling him not to play with a mouse. Right. That's not, yeah. that, that's not safe. In a bird cage, no less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In disease, a bird cage. buddy. Disease, Yeah, bud. disease. Uh, then it goes right from that scene to, like, Kathy runs down. And grandma locks the door to the attic. Right. Uh, or right, the right. entrance to the the entrance they could use for the attic. And then the cuts her hair. And the scene yeah. where she cuts the hair, we did not mention. It literally looks like they put another wig on the bed. <laughs> and then they just took scissors and cut yeah. it. Like, it's a totally different it's, color. It's so it's, close up. And yeah. it's clearly not, you know, yeah. obviously texture. that was. It just, it's just all hilarious. And, and I mean, it just those two scenes back to back was like. Oh my gosh, I am having so much fun. This is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to our final questions. These are our final questions for Flowers in the Attic. Did the father not have a single dime to his name when he died? Because they had to sell everything and then lost the house fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No life they insurance. W- I mean, fast. Well, they make a comment in the voiceover that that mom really lost it after that. And then soon after they lost the house, which I mean, I'm not trying I'm not disagreeing with you and I'm not trying to apologize for what is obviously a plot hole in this movie. This feels like a lot of pushback. I was not (laughs) anticipating (laughs) when I when I listened to that, I thought she like lost it and spent all the money. Well, she's clearly going to the salon like every day in the yes. morning to get done. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? She's got to get like, a blowout every morning. Every morning. She's like morning. got an appointment. Chris, yeah. Kathy, watch the twins. I'll be back. I've got to right. get. Yeah. I'll be back, you know, usual time. And you know she's coming back with some Starbucks, like just full. The just 1950s equivalent. So yeah. right, exactly. whatever that yeah. was. Exactly. Whatever that yeah. was. Yeah. Stop by the diner. Yeah, exactly. Pick up a smart pantsuit while you're on your way home, too. I just felt like the mom, Corinne, clearly likes the finer things. Mm -hmm. Uh And she, like, hooked up with her own uncle because she was like, he's going to lead me on a a very nice life. But apparently not. Um, Okay, do you think that Grandpa, the vampire, do you think he inherited his money 
Because if the mom is hmm. and the kids are any guide, this family is scared to death of getting an actual job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he inherited it because wouldn't his brother, who was Corinne's husband, who was the children's uncle father, uh, wouldn't that, wouldn't he have had the extreme wealth too? Mm, it's like yeah, one brother one brother has yeah. Dolan yeah. Ganger's manor really well. and the other yeah. one just lives in a four bedroom house in the suburbs. Yeah. yeah good right. point. Good that's point. good point. Which really again point. is not bad. Like that's <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Also, yeah, rich and going, white. Rich just, and white. Just going forward, can we call grandpa vampire? Grandpire? <laughs> Grandpire, yes. yes. I think, thank God yeah. we got to that at this Oof. point. I, wish I was going to call. I, I was going to call him Vampa, so I'm uh, glad that we yes. that. <laughs> Vampa. Oh, we have choices. Oh, oh my God, two love T-shirts it. right there. Uh, Vampa <laughs> and Grandpire. Grandpire. Oh my God. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, maybe that's the shirt. It's one or the other. You have to choose. Yeah. yeah. Which one? Yeah. Which yeah. one? But seriously, they don't want to get a job. Especially mom does oh, not God, want to get yes. a job. Clearly, she's oh, never God, worked no. a day in her life. That petrifies yeah. her so much. The thought of actually going out and getting a job terrifies her. She would rather be blo- brutally whipped 17 yes. times. 17 yes. times. One for each year of sin. And bear four children to a, to a relative yeah. than get a job. Yeah. Right. Damn. Yeah. But then, wow. you know, she got that swan bed, so I don't know. I know. I know. Worth I mean, it, question mark? Yikes. Upside. Upside. Yeah. I mean, you're scarred for life on the back, but who can see that? But you're going to you know? sleep so well in that swan bed. <laughs> oh, Fuck. It's so, so nice. supportive. It's so it's so mm. soft. God, it's orthopedic. Oh, John brings in those fresh sheets every day. Shit. Oh, man. So nice. Says nothing. Thanks for the new sheets, John. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, yeah, um, yeah. Because you were also mentioning when the kids are talking about escaping, the part of their, you know, what do we do if we escape? What would I do? Says Chris a lot. I don't know. Go get a fucking job. Go find a place Mm-mm. for you no. guys to like. Mm-mm. Like, no, they're all no. terrified of it. Yeah. They're all terrified. Yep. Of it. Mm-hmm. Even if he became a doctor, he's not going to actually practice medicine. <laughs> he's just going to be like, I yeah, I have my doctorate. <laughs> Um, at- and then he's just going to sneak around houses. <laughs> he's still sneaking around to check charts. Oh, you're awake. Oh, my God. Oh, Wait, are was- you awake? Hold on. Let me just put my face dangerously close to your nose and mouth. I'm a doctor. That's what doctors do. I'm, a do- I'm just trying to check if you're alive. I'm putting my face right Jeez. next to your face. This is how doctors check if people are alive or not. Yeah. Um, at the wedding... When Chris reveals the dead mouse. Oh, yeah. Do you think the sound of shock from the crowd was because of the overwhelming evidence <laughs> that the mother had done such terrible things? Or the fact that he had just brought a dead mouse to a wedding? <laughs> I think it's... 100% the dead mouse. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dead mouse. There is like such a visible... It's it's it's, it, you, it's not visible. They don't show the audience. Yeah. But they make such a loud like... <gasps> When he reveals the mouse, yes. and it's and it's not the gotcha moment I think they were intending. Yeah, it's because he's a barbarian and he was raised to know better. 
Because I'm also thinking, does the mom even know they have a mouse? Yeah. She never went up there. No. She stopped going up there. She doesn't know you have a well, they, mouse. Well, they explained that they fed her, they fed the mouse the, the food, the same food we were eating. You know, I think it, it was the same reaction of like when you tell a shitty joke and then you try to explain it to be like, no, it's funny. Wait, listen. No, because <laughs> of this. That kind of reaction. <laughs> like, no, the mouse is dead because of this. Like, oh. <laughs> All right. So finally... Who's worse here? The grandma or mom? Oh, mom. Mom. I, I mean, yeah. Mom. 100% mom. Mm-hmm. 100% mom, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because grandma has turned into this crazy, like, oh, she is so awful and terrible. And then when you get into it, you're like, oh, no, mom is totally screwed up. Grandma, I'm on grandma's side. And grandma yeah. laid out, she was very transparent from minute one. She was like, yeah. I will give you food and shelter and nothing more. I will not right. show you love. I will not show you kindness. Right. I didn't know that that kind of transparency was possible with children, <laughs> to be honest. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm working too hard over here. <laughs> I'm working my ass off. I should just lay it out grandma style. <sighs> so quickly, let's do the research portion. Um, this movie opened November 20th, 1987, at third place in the box office. Ooh, wow. Behind wow. The Last Emperor. Wow. And, okay. well. and, well, of course, which was number one. And Nuts, which was number oh. two. What? Which is uh, Barbara the Barbara Streisand, Richard Dreyfuss oh. courtroom drama movie. Yeah, yeah. But ahead of Teen Wolf 2. So <laughs> take that team of two. Take that, Jason Bateman. It only it only it only made around fifteen million. Okay. And, and currently has an eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes oh. on nine reviews. Oh. And I actually thought that was a little I was like, wow, that's a little harsh. So, but here's a quote from a the Washington Post review in 1987. Flowers in the Attic is slow, stiff, stupid, and senseless. Ooh. A film utterly lacking in motivation, development, and nuance, and further marred by embarrassingly flat acting and directing. Holy shit. Oh, shit. Not wrong. (laughs) Not 100% (laughs) wrong. But I have to say, like, underneath all of that, and I'm being honest, there is a good movie here. It's not a yeah. terrible movie. I didn't it's think it's not it was terrible. Yeah. The last half hour in particular, I was like, okay, where's this gonna go? Because yeah. I'd never seen this before until I watched this. Me neither. Podcast. Yeah, me neither. And the last half hour I was like, I I'm interested. Where are we going with this? The first hour, I'm like, I have no idea where this is going. I wish it would hurry it up. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of it is again is saved a lot by the score, makes it seem like there's a lot more happening mm-hmm. than there's not. And Louise Fletcher, again, when she walks in, I'm like, totally. okay, I'm in. Uh, I like the guy, Jeb, uh, who plays Chris. I liked mm-hmm. Chris. Christy Swanson was fine. I don't think this was her best part ever, but like I enjoyed some of it. I'm, I'm with you on Victoria Tennant. But yeah, I, I, I thought there's some there's some good stuff in here. I don't think it yeah. works totally, but it's some good stuff. I don't I don't know if I'd be that harsh. The reviewer, the people who review on Amazon Prime have a much different opinion on the matter. It has a four and a half star review yes. on, yes. Wow. on Amazon yeah. Prime. Wow. Yeah. So maybe the wow. younger generation appreciates Flowers in the Attic for its glory, for its vintage glory. Yeah, they must. But I would also say those people are wrong, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, there he is. 
He's back. Yeah, it's not four and a half out of five. No, 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 no. no. Two and a half. It's yeah. Or I even give it a three. Yeah, two and a half, three. I think we're in that zone. Mm -hmm, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, turn- what pushes it? What pushes it over the edge for them? I'm so curious. I know. You know what is it? Uh, in terms of new world history, we've kind of talked about this, and we're sort of inadvertently sort of talking about the end of 1987 on our mm-hmm. podcast uh, in, in recent episodes because this comes after Hellraiser in September, Killing Time in October, and actually uh, Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night actually opens the same day. In limited release in DC and then in wide release actually on Christmas Day in December of 1987. <laughs> Weird. And I should note, I wanted to note that Lifetime did do a remake in 2014 mm-hmm, yes. starring Ellen Burstyn and Heather Graham. Yeah, that's and they right. proceeded to make several films out of the next few books <laughs> yeah. as well. So, and they're I've just announced earlier this year that they're going to make a prequel based on that book I was talking about wow. earlier that actually goes into the story of the grandmother when mm-hmm. she was younger and how she married into the family. And so, so lifetime has found themselves something yes. that they are like, this is up our oh. alley. And when you think of it, like watching the movie we watched, I think there is a good movie to be made from the material. And it, it almost feels like they were close ish, but there's also a wildly, crazy lifetime movie to be made out of this material that yeah. also would be great. Uh I've seen the lifetime one that oh, came out in have of course you have. It does not hold a candle to the original. Oh no. Really? Oh, oh no. I mean I had to watch it. First of all, you had me at Ellen Burstyn. I'm like, great. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know, right? Yeah. No. This no. this is the winner. Oh no! New World wow. wins with wow. flowers in the attic. All right. Mm-hmm. Heather Graham is she an improvement on Victoria Tennant? No. Ah, Her best work bummer. was as Roller Girl, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair, <laughs> totally fair. Yeah, and Digstown. But otherwise, <laughs> anyone, no one follows me to Digstown. All right. Um, Louise Fletcher, by the way, did not like working on this movie. Um. This is a quote I got from her from from a Huffington Post interview, which largely is, of course, about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's hard to find her talking about any other movie but that. She says, one of the biggest, how should I put this, struggles that I have had in my career was when I did a part in a movie called Flowers in the Attic. It was the most miserable time of my life because I was not allowed to make her a human being. She had to be like this scarecrow, this witch. Scare me to death. "Quote unquote." That was my direction. All I uh, and I had to do a lot of reshoots because I was just so uncomfortable. It was against my grain, against the way I work. And she mentions in another interview with Vanity Fair that that um, she realized how good she had it on Cuckoo's Nest making this movie because Jeffrey Bloom, the director, instructed her to scare me to death. And she said the director didn't understand about villains. What's so familiar can be the most frightening thing. Yes. Which is so true. It's like, yeah, Louise, you're dead on right. By the way, though, director Jeffrey Bloom also did not have a good time on this movie. Mostly because there was too many people to appease. Mm. I listened to a podcast he did in 2010 on the Natsukoski podcast where he called it a very unhappy experience and said that New World basically wanted a monster movie which is why they actually came in and changed the original ending 
and then change it to the ending that we do see. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when they wanted to change the ending, Bloom walked away from the movie. So hmm. New World brought in a different person to write and direct the end of the movie. Still with the same cameraman. Tony Caden, he was brought in to rewrite. He was mostly a screenwriter. At the time, he had just sold the script for Out of Bounds, which is an Anthony Michael Hall movie mm. from, mm-hmm. from the late 80s. So because Jeffrey Bloom had left, they brought him in. And he said that he proposed that, like, well, we should, you know, the mom kind of just gets away with it. Like, we should have something happen. Now, Jeffrey Bloom didn't want to have something bad happen to the mom because he's thinking, well, there's all these other books. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We've yeah. got a franchise yeah. here. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to get rid of the mom because that's not in the book. Mom actually disappears when they find out that grandpa's already dead and has been dead for a while. Mom is already married and gone in the book. Apparently, I don't I not, did not read the book, but apparently that's what happens. So she escapes. And then that happens later on in other books. They I guess they deal with that later on, but not in the movie. So they were like, yeah, let's do that. So they jumped on it and he only had about four days to reshoot it because this movie was not just made by New World, but Freeze Entertainment is the other hmm. one who I think you know worked with New World to put this out. And they didn't put up much money for it. So he had four days to kind of shoot this entire ending, including uh, the mother and the garden trellis and everything else. That's that's what they had to do. They shot it in some house out in Pasadena mm. because they couldn't get the original house. The original house is in is in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. the house that they shot mm-hmm. in. They only shot mm-hmm. some some stuff there, a lot of interiors there. But I think the certainly the attic was in a studio in L.A. And I think yeah. their room was a was also was a was also a set but anyway so here's the original ending basically right when chris hits grandma with the bedpost knocks her down Mm -hmm. and then they go she stops him from going any further and he hurls it against the window that's all the same right but then the kids all run out the three of them run out and of the room and the groundskeeper stops them at the elevator and the groundskeeper then goes slumber party massacre because he has a drill and he tries to go drill at first, Chris, like a legitimate drill, like not like a big massive drill, <laughs> like slumber party massacre, but like a regular, but like, like a just, thick, like a, like like a, a thick drill bed. Yeah, yeah. A thick drill yeah. bed. <laughs> yeah, a DeWalt, yes, exactly. And uh, he's like, Reen! I'm like, what are you going to do with that, dude? Right. Yeah. This is a metal. <laughs> this is the metal end. Because like Chris is really so gonna sneaky. Get you. Could he even see Chris? Yeah, he could. He, you know, Chris was sneaking. You yeah. can't even see him. So anyway, they fight Chris and the groundskeeper, and the groundskeeper uh, accidentally falls into the elevator shaft. God, again, screen your. Because also the door staff. apparently to the elevator shaft is not one. It's just open. It's like a. It's like a like a. Like an old West bar door. It just sort of like hangs on a hand. And if you knock into it too hard, you push it too hard, it opens up. So, hey, you're going into the elevator shaft. That's on you. That's an elevator shaft. Mm. Um, And and then they go down to sneak into the wedding with the groundskeeper out of the picture. But (laughs) Grandpa Nosferatu is what I wrote. But now we need to call him uh, Grandpire. Thank you. (laughs) Or Vampa. Or Or Vampa. Uh, is there and he's actually there alive in his wheelchair and all his na- long nail glory. So it's more of the kids coming in and calling out the mother for all this terrible stuff. Can we help you in some way? We're the children of the bride, Corinne's children. 
Get them out of here. Find out where they come from and send them back. I won't have my wedding day ruined by a cruel prank. They say they're your children, Corinne. I don't have any children. And they still use little, you know, Fred as they throw Fred down as proof and, and you know, hey, we are poisoned. And then Corinne basically gets on her knees and starts pleading with her father like, It's not true. He's lying. I've never seen these children before in my life. Why would you believe me? Oh, Papa, please. Haven't I been a good girl? All I ever did was what you wanted. I couldn't keep them. You wouldn't let me. You didn't give me a choice. And then they leave the wedding. Out comes Grandma with a butcher knife. psycho style like I'm gonna get uh -huh. you who comes to their aid John John the butler wow yeah yeah thanks yeah. for the save John <laughs> uh, and he grabs grandma by the ears and lifts her up he <laughs> lifts her up off the ground <laughs> no he he pushes her into the uh, elevator shaft. Wow. With, with the elevator, really. The elevator there. So he pushes her into the elevator and closes the elevator door on her. She starts to like say a prayer and like look up to God and then she gets blood dripped on her forehead and she looks up and it's the groundskeeper's body uh, uh, above her bleeding onto her and she screams and then we see the same shot of the kids, just like the regular movie, of them walking out of the house onto the green grass of the property. But it's a different voiceover. It's mm. not the same voiceover. Yeah. So uh, that, but that's the ending. That's the original ending. Huh. Now, I, I there is a Wes Craven version of this script, and apparently, and again, I didn't have time to read this, but that script is apparently available online. Hmm. So for purchase, get it, read are you it. telling me we're making a movie? I, oh God, <laughs> yeah, that it. would be amazing. I just that need my be benefactor. <laughs> I need um, rich. I need rich. <laughs> I need rich old grandpire to come in, step right. in, so we can yeah. make the West we need a, version. We need a rich grandpire or that's or, right. or, or Vampa. To that's come right. In. Either one. Either, Either one. one. Uh, but anyway, Wes Craven was one of several writers. Jeffrey Bloom mentioned that he was there was like four writers before him. Hmm. One of which was Wes Wes Craven, and he was going to direct it. According to the commentary on the Arrow Blu-ray. They say he left once he felt he could not have creative control. But from what I read on like Wikipedia and other things, VC Andrews had, she had complete uh, control of like, she, she had creative control of like which script was used. So she got, a, or rather script approval. So she, she approved which script was going to be used. Uh. Oh, wow. So, and that the commentary backs that up as well, that she had control. So apparently though, she rejected his script because she was like, it's too oh. dark. It's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, which is interesting because I read another article about the script. There wasn't too many details, but it said like it didn't go too far away from the book because I mean, you know that VC Andrews is going to read it, so you're you got to stick close. Right, if she has that kind of approval, but but that's what became that's what ultimately became Vampire in Brooklyn. Exactly, that's what. He <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> He just, you packed up all those ideas. That's right. It's basically the same film. <laughs> and uh, so his script, unsurprisingly, is darker than Bloom's by all accounts. And uh, like I said, it's available to read online. 
Um, but what he God, did, let's for- do a staged reading. Oh of my it. God. I know yes. I got to find, I got to find it. I did not have time to find it and read it. It was just, I, I feel bad. I didn't do get a stage I'm gonna play. I'm playing John. <laughs> Dibs, on John. <laughs> yeah, wow. Dibs on the groundskeeper. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of the groundskeeper character in Wes Craven's script is called Doberman. And hmm. the reason is, is because he has a bunch of Dobermans that attack the kids whenever they escape because they escape multiple times. Which is smart, yes. which is right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he has these do- these Dobermans that attack them. Now, obviously, the groundskeeper is in the script that, that was filmed. They're not Dobermans; they're German shepherds. But you know, so whatever. They they still kept a little bit of it, but Doberman was a bigger part of the script, nice. and he was more of an instrument of terror for the kids. Yep. See, what gets it. You get it. He Use gets that it. groundskeeper, baby. Doberman is there instead of John the Butler. So, Mark, you won't. Have. Oh, mm-hmm. have you're gonna have. mark mark's gonna have to play Corey. <laughs> i know I'm, I'm still playing i'm still playing john the butler it's just it's a silent <laughs> character just, you're just gonna sit it. in a chair arms crossed <laughs> yes you on, got this. but on stage yeah. i'm still a yes. part of the cast you got this so the commentary mentions a scene uh where chris sneaks out down the chimney and gets in a fight with the staff i think this is a cut scene oh no no, no. she was the commentary is also discussing west craven's script so this is a scene in his script where he sneaks down the chimney, gets in a fight with the staff, while Doberman chases Kathy and Casey to the rooftop. Mm. Which, and I, I would assume this has to be after little Corey has passed away, yeah, mm-hmm. or he's just sitting, sit, playing with Fred in the attic. Yeah, Who knows? Sleeping oh. in his wicker basket. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm too busy to get chased, John. <laughs> I was relaxing in my basket, John. <laughs> Um, so there's, so there's that scene, which again, I think that would have been a cool scene. You know, Craven would have shot the shit out mm-hmm. of that. Um, otherwise though, Craven did keep close to the book and, uh, and like all the scripts, including Jeffrey Bloom's that were shot, they did not include the rape scene from the book, which happens where Chris sort of decides, I believe it's after Kathy has, sn- has snuck a peek at the potential new stepfather, which is mm. Bart, the lawyer. And I guess tried to, oh, kiss him or something. Like she oh. was very into him, or was like, I don't know. She seemed too into him. So 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 Chris then grabs her, and then that's when they have their lovemaking scene. Oh God! But later, Kathy admits that she likes Chris, so it's all good. I yes. guess. Yikes. Yikes, VC Andrews! Yikes! By the way, VC Andrews is in this movie. She has a very tiny cameo. If you notice, there's one scene where you see uh, someone legitimately clean a window. It's a maid who's yeah. rubbing, who's cleaning a window, not uh, not shit style like Kathy, but like legitimately cleaning a window. And that is V.C. Andrews. That was oh, her tiny cameo. I did not know that. Though so she, she passed away. I read another interview from Christy Swanson. She passed away on Christy Swanson's birthday. A couple oh. movies, a couple months before the movie opened. That's because Chris, Chrissy Swanson murdered her. <laughs> okay. <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she just, you know, you just made sure she could never see it. I don't want you to see. She was embarrassed of her performance. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't want you to see what I did. Do I'm not, not watch good. this. Do I don't want you to see me in that wig. I do yeah. not want you to oh see me in that God. wig. <laughs> That's it for the research on Flowers in the Attic. Guys, we've done it. Yeah. Flowers in the attic, everybody. Yeah. Time was to a close really, the book. That was a sensible review, guys. <laughs> that was a really sensible review. <laughs> what what review? really sensible? 
There's a sensible haircut. Jesus, Ryan. Sorry. What do you think we've been doing for the last hour and 42 minutes? I'm not going to offer Ryan any more kindness or love. (laughs) It's pointless. It's pointless. Thank you so much, Jess, for coming back. Oh, my God. Thank thank you. you. What a pleasure. How are things going on Rants and Rays podcast? They're great. It's pretty terrific. I listen to you guys often. Oh, it's thank a you. Wonderful, wonderful podcast. Everybody should get into it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, tell Dana we say hi. I she, will. You guys are hilarious together. We have fun. And yeah, if you guys ever need someone, you should get her because A, she loves weird stuff, and B, she loves horror. And I know they have a oh, decent yeah. amount of horror in their we arsenal. Should. Yeah. You don't have to twist her arm. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Yes, nice. Yeah. Also, I think you have to listen to the Rants and Rays podcast because you both have two incredibly distinct laughs. We really and, do. And and she goes high, and you kind of go a little low. Yes. And it is like when you guys crack <laughs> up, it is it's something, man. It is awesome. It is so fun. Thank um, you. But it, it's a great podcast. The premise is that, that you guys have something that you're ranting about and something that you're raving about. Yes. And then you also take in great questions uh, from mm-hmm. people listening and stuff as well. And they sort of mention things. It's awesome. It's really great. It's Thank such, you. It's, it's such a nice podcast. Mm-hmm. So everybody check it. Where can people check it out? Uh, we are available pretty much on all platforms. Uh, I always say it is case sensitive. It is the Rants and Raves podcast. It's not just Rants and Raves. There's so many different podcasts and shows and things that have those two words in it. So it is the Rants and Raves podcast. But yeah, we're on all the platforms. Awesome. Yeah, we had to to stick in New World Pictures podcast because we found out New World Mm -hmm. podcast was taken by many other I don't know. Other people were like, a lot of people were probably listening to us thinking we were some sort of new agey. Yes. We were giving <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, life advice. Yes. Oh, which, new which, world. Which, which we are. Which yeah. we inadvertently <laughs> we are. Uh, we, yeah. God, we I didn't... hope there's a cult somewhere of people who are like, oh. I live by what the New World Pictures podcast tells me. Crunch uh, the amazing. numbers, Mark. <laughs> that would be very bad. It would not be good. But uh, yes. Uh, rate and review us if you can. If you get a chance, wherever you can rate and review uh, your podcast. Yep. Also check out rate uh, rant uh, rants and rays podcast. The and rants the rants thank and you, Mark. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, and rate and review them as well while you're doing it. It's a twofer right there. You can just knock yeah. those out uh, at the exact same time. Bogo. Bogo on Apple. Mark loves a Bogo. Which is perfect. Just be, be like anyone that's ever worked on a New World Pictures movie. You that's buy right. one, you get another one for I love free. It. What that what that means is that you work for free. Yep. You don't get a paycheck. Yep. You get two credits, but only paid for one. That's how that works. Um, thank you so much for sticking around. That is Flowers in the Attic. We'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. Very nice to meet you, John.